1: Are you ready? Are you ready for the Smackdown Review Podcast? This is definitely not the second time I've started this show, but my name is Phil Chambers and I am joined by Gareth Morgan. He's actually decided to show up today to talk all things Blue Brand. But before we get into it, make sure to like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, that too, on uh, itunes spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast from because we do daily wrestling podcasts we do wrestling podcasts about Raw, wrestling podcasts about smackdown wrestling podcasts about nxt wrestling podcasts about aw wrestling podcasts that are roundtable discussions wrestling podcasts that are interviews and wrestling podcasts that are roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz on wrestle culture but this podcast is about smackdown and since you weren't here last week i figured the first thing we can talk about is what you think of pat mcafee on commentary I
2: thought we were just going to roll two podcasts into one, Phil. Let's do a back-to-back edition from last week's and <laughs> it now. I, 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 right, I like Pat Mc- McAfee just a, as a performer, as a personality. Big NXT guy, as you know, so I've loved all yeah. his work there. This version of Pat McAfee, is it a like-for-like like carbon copy? He was obviously playing more of a character in NXT, like he was more of an on-screen personality, so it was never going to be the same. It's, I feel like we're getting more of just his personality just as a a human being, let's say, as a as a fan of the business. But I think he's doing well. I think he's doing all right. It's one of those things where anybody is going to find that tough, that job, because it's not just a case of you seeing all these other promotions where you just go out there and you just kind of riff, and you do whatever you want, do what comes to your mind, so you're not squaring your head off all the way through the, the broadcast. You're going to be okay. Whereas WWE, you got a guy in your ear 24-7. And to kind of adapt to it as quickly as he has done. And yeah, there's a few times when they overlap and the chemistry is maybe not as there as it was between him and Graves because they've been doing it for how many years together? It's not going to be after two weeks, but it's, he's, he's got a lot of potential. The guy's just, oh, he's just overloading the charisma. I'm a big fan of him. I hope he just yeah, keeps going from strength to strength. But as
1: of, as of now, I think he's he's had a good little start. Me too. I think he's toned it down a little bit this yeah. week. He wasn't quite as excitable as he was last week, although he still had his moments. Like, was he saying, I think it was in the Rey Mysterio match that he was saying, like, oh, this is the best we've ever seen Rey Mysterio ever. And, like, super excited just because he did, like, I don't know, a, an arm drag or something.
2: <laughs> I think, like, Roman Reigns popped up at some point. He's like, he's the scariest man I've ever seen. I was like, you played NFL. <laughs> You've people running at you with helmets on.
1: But he's, he's he's enthusiastic. He's definitely into it. And, yeah, he's putting his all into it. I I'm liking him so far. We'll have to wait and see, I guess, how he settles down into it. Because I can't imagine how hard that job is. And people have come out, like, even, like, Mick Foley, fantastic talker, one of the best talkers in the business, like, still couldn't quite get it on commentary because of how much, like, Vince is in your ear all the time. And it, like, just put him off. So it's it's gotta be a hard job <laughs> different skill isn't
2: it like as a performer i think ed just said it like because he, he was talking about beth phoenix just smashing it in recent times yeah. so it's a very different thing sitting there as a performer putting yourself over putting the other people over a little bit and just doing it all as a storyline sitting there and having to play by play it it's a different you see daniel bryan do it when he gets on because he's all that experience in doing the chris classic he's he's yeah. just a natural at everything daniel bryan but it's just he
1: makes it look easy it's like i say it's insanely hard um, but yes, SmackDown opened with Cesaro in the ring for the first time ever, it seems. They've opened a show with Cesaro as the first person you see. I loved his 20-minute monologue as well. It was good, wasn't it? <laughs> it was really good. It's a big opening <laughs> promo. Oh, wait, there was no opening promo because Seth came out before he could even say anything. Seth Rollins has new music. We should should mention that. What did you think of that?
2: Uh, it was Yeah, I, I feel like he has new music every other week. It's, I
1: it's, think it's, it's that was my exact stupid. reaction to it. It's like, oh, that's... Oh, yeah, that's
2: that's music. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I, I don't think you're going to have a, I, like, I like Burn It Down. Like, I don't know. I, I was a big fan of it. It just doesn't suit this character, though. It's,
1: yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they need to get Jim Johnston back or get the CFOs back or whatever, because whoever's doing their music now is nowhere near as good as those guys (laughs) it's create a wrestler mode isn't it yeah um but yeah Seth comes out and he's he's there to congratulate Seth Rollins because he's finally fulfilled his potential and how's he done that well because he was in the ring with Seth at Wrestlemania obviously and Seth gave him the night of his life and where's his thanks doesn't get any and now you want to move on from Seth well this isn't over until Seth says it's over uh, he had a good line about blaming the rain delay for him losing, uh, for putting him off his game, which I quite enjoyed. No, uh, Phil, he... Phil, there, was, there was no rain delay. Have you not seen the WWE? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That didn't, didn't happen. happen. Uh, but then he also went on to say that like Cesaro on his best day like couldn't even beat Seth on his worst day. And Cesaro was like, well, you're having a good day now because I'm having a great day. So get in this ring. Let's go right now. And Seth was like, oh, yeah, well, maybe I should. Maybe I should teach you a lesson. But before he could teach him a lesson, out comes Jey Uso in full scrappy-do mode, just going talking about how, what, what you're doing. You're calling out Roman Reigns like you don't even deserve to be in the same ring as Roman Reigns. Uh, and then Seth has a word with him, and dis- and they decide to sort of work together to go and get Cesaro, because he's going to get got, etc. cetera. Uh, but before he- they could get got, uh, Daniel Bryan came out to even the odds. Um, and... Then Jey Uso and Seth Rollins sort of started walking back <laughs> away from it all. And Bryan was like, where are you going? Uh, like, I see why everyone's out here. Like, Cesaro came out for a title match against Roman Reigns. Like, Seth, you just came out because you're embarrassed by, Seth Rollins, by Cesaro. Jey Uso, you came out probably because Roman Reigns just told you to. Uh, but I came out me being Daniel Bryan, uh, to make sure Cesaro finally gets what he deserves. And that seems like the theme of this episode. Daniel Bryan desperately trying to get Cesaro what he deserves. He talks about having an infinite amount of respect for Cesaro because he works harder than everybody else in the WWE. Uh, So, like, what now? You're gonna face us because I did like this line because he'd just been running them down and he's like, "What? You're gonna face us now? Because I just made some really derogatory comments about you." <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's just WWE 101 right there." And he's just calling it out in his promo because Daniel Bryan's really great. Um, but then he's like, "Oh yeah, you're probably not going to like. Oh, is Roman Reigns gonna come out and accept Cesaro's challenge? Yeah, probably not. Uh, oh, I know Roman Reigns is gonna come out and then the three of you are gonna try and attack us. Uh, but then he's like, "Well, whatever happens." I'd rather have, I, there's no one I'd rather have by my side to go through it than Cesaro. I liked how much he just called out WWE's stock um, opening promos in this and made it really entertaining. <laughs> it's like, just yeah, Daniel he, Bryan's great.
2: <laughs> just tore down. I loved it. Like, there was just so many, I don't know, just like, not not even like inside jokes, but just like knowing things where you're just like, oh, I, I feel like I'm being rewarded for being a funny. Because like, there was the little thing yeah. that. Oh, Roman could come down. Oh, but he doesn't like wrestling, does he? And you're not just talking back to the... He did that Talking Smack thing a couple yeah. of months ago and it was just like, I'm here because I like wrestling. Your body doesn't like wrestling. It's just little things. Bryan's he's just another the letter. best, isn't he? He's just the best.
1: Uh, but then out comes Roman Reigns, obviously, and he's saying about how what you're out here talking about working hard. And it's like, you should be talking about what happened at WrestleMania because I told you what was going to happen and pointed at his new T-shirt, which has Daniel Bryan, which has him the stack em, whatever pin em thing. And that's Daniel Bryan at the bottom of it. I saw, I
2: saw somebody put on Twitter, oh, thanks for teaching us all to, do, to
1: perform a threesome.
2: Yeah, that's what somebody put on Twitter. I was like,
1: oh, me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Stack them, pin them. <laughs> he's had some pretty bad t-shirts since he's coming back from him <laughs>
2: you just do any anytime he says anything. It's just like... So hey, he's like, just a
1: uh, weapon on a t-shirt. <laughs> if they sell, Phil. If they sell. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, then he called them both like main event losers, but he separated them by saying like cesaro he's just like an unlucky loser but daniel bryan he's a stupid loser because he's out here talking smack when he's surrounded by people who want to whoop his ass and then it obviously built to brian and cesaro versus Jay Uso and seth rollins they kind of started having a scrap before they went to commercial uh, but this whole sort of segment of smackdown lasted for like what at least a third of the show mm-hmm. so we may as well break it down into three little sections yeah, so yeah, pre-match yeah. match and then post-match so what did you think of the pre-match stuff
2: uh pre-match was a, a lot of this and a lot of stuff we're going to talk about probably after the match as well felt very Paul Heyman-esque in the way it was booked it was sticking to the strengths of the people who were in there like yeah. giving Brian the chance to kind of tear down the establishment not letting Cesaro talk on the mic like you had yeah I didn't just stand yeah, there and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just go oh well I'm gonna beat you all up like you had a few little digs in there and then just letting like Seth and Jay just be little scrappy dudes at the side like there was a like it just it was everyone working off the strengths and then I thought it was quite interesting the um, the dynamic having Roman and Seth together for the first time, like seeing those like just in a frame together. You know what I mean? It was this thing of hmm, I wonder how that's going to play
1: out. And the there was- I liked how I- Seth wasn't quite accepting it either. Like as yeah. a thing, he was like as as they kind of went to the match, he was complaining. Um, uh, commentary going like, well, I, they didn't even tell me I was going to be in a match. Like, what is this? Like, he, he's not on Roman's side because they still hate each other from way back. (laughs) So I liked that they didn't just kind of forget about all of that and it's still playing in. And Seth is still his own character. He's not just getting washed up by all the Roman Reigns stuff.
2: Yeah, it's surprisingly subtle. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where there could have been a temptation just to be like, right, let's see how Seth feels about Roman. He's on his side. It's like there could have been, we know WWE like they're just like painting broad strokes half the time. But here it was just like, oh, there's enough to read into. It could be like, oh it could be there's a potential for a turn him and like a few there going forward or there's potential for set to like play into the plans potentially he's got his own like stuff to play with it's yeah it's there's so many moving parts in this it was great and that there's a reason they probably dedicated as much to the show as they did because look at, look at the people who are involved it was like yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to keep people's attention here
1: <laughs> it's yep. gonna be good. absolutely i enjoyed it yeah me too um yeah, not much more to add. Daniel Bryan, Sean, like, ridiculously. He's just so bloody good. But also, at every opportunity, he's putting Cesaro over through mm-hmm. all his promos and everything. Like, everything's guided towards putting Cesaro over. Um, and, yeah, it just works. Uh, Jey Uso as well. Can't be understated. His little mm-hmm. scrappy-do character. And, like, even after this uh, and, and, like, throughout the match, like, just that. I just love the new, that Jey Uso character mm-hmm. of just everything's, gotten to him from the Roman Reigns thing and he just completely snaps <laughs>
2: it's, it's just... gonna be so interesting seeing how all that kind of develops when Jimmy comes back I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really really intrigued by it because he's, he's put himself on such a nice little level now where he is we can just part these great matches be a little single star in his own right it's gonna be oh are they both gonna carry that momentum just be this incredible just monstrous tag team for a couple of months or is it gonna be a bit of a conflict and we know
1: the brother versus brother stuff happens it can yeah. hit and miss indeed uh, but yeah, it did build into Brian and Cesaro going taking on Jey Uso and Seth Rollins. They kind of had a bit of a scrap, and then cut to commercial, and then they came back, and they were like, "Oh, they've just been fighting ever since." But the match has been made official, and then the referee finally managed to get them all separated and start the match. And I mean, what do you want me to say? It's Seth Rollins and Jey Uso versus Brian and Cesaro. Of course, this is going to be really great. They all work really, really well together, and they're very good at pro wrestling. Um, yeah, like I say, Seth was complaining at the beginning because he was told like he wasn't even in the match tonight. So he was still getting his character work done throughout the match. And it was just really, really good fun. Um, I guess bits that stand out like Cesaro's hot tag, he just kind of went absolutely nuts <laughs> um, on Jey Uso. And then he was going to get Jey Uso into the spin, but like Jey Uso managed to block out of it. And then Cesaro somehow managed to get out of that into like a big corkscrew uppercut and then he went for the neutralizer but Jay Uso managed to get out of that but then Cesaro kind of lands on his feet as he was thrown out of it and just throws Jay Uso up into another uppercut, his uppercuts were flying all over the place and then like Daniel Bryan did a suicide dive out onto Seth Rollins and then Cesaro got knocked to the outside by Jay and then Jay went for a dive but got hit by another uppercut. Um, and then they get back in the ring and Cesaro dives at Jay, but then Jay manages to reverse that into a super kick. And then we go to a second commercial. It like it really spanned quite a few mm-hmm. segments, this. Um, and then, yeah, eventually Cesaro got Seth Rollins in the sharpshooter and Jay broke it up with a super kick. And then um, he went up top to get to jump dive onto Cesaro, but he gets hit with another bloody uppercut. All over the place, and uh, during all this sort of fracas, uh, Seth Rollins just got really, really annoyed with the situation and just walked off, going like, "Yeah, just this isn't this isn't me. I'm better than this." Blah blah blah. Walked off, uh, leaving Jey Uso. Poor Jey Uso, leaving him on his own to get superplexed. And then Cesaro tagged in Daniel Bryan, hits the running knee, and gets the one, two, three. Really, really fun match. Um, like I say, all these guys just work way too well together, and they're all way too good at this for it not to be a good match. Only thing, if I'm going to be really, really, really nitpicky. Is I wonder why Cesaro didn't get the pin? It seems like a no-brainer to give Cesaro the pin, and they gave it to Daniel Bryan. Yeah, my only justification for that is the stuff that happens later. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But But it's like if you're pushing Cesaro, it just doesn't make sense. Like Daniel Bryan didn't need that. It's it's really nitpicking as in terms of how great that match was. It just seems like an odd choice.
2: Yeah, it could have gave Cesaro more of a reason to be a bit like, hmm, I, I yeah. just got the win. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I agree, it would have been a, a more in- interesting story beat to do that. But I'll be honest, Phil, coming out of this, all I could think is it too much to ask? For a round robin tournament with these four, is it too much <laughs> for, for the for the number one contendership for the universal championship? Just have them fight every week in a little table. Whoever wins gets like three points. Whoever loses gets like no points. Just do that, like they did with the NXT thing with the cruiser interim cruiserweight championship. Do that with these four. Like they just every one of them has brilliant chemistry with the other person, and it's just oh, it would just make for magic. And this did, like, like I said, there's a reason they didn't give this much time over to them because they just. They were brilliant. It's just that four guys are at the peak of the powers right now. And uh, there was just some magic. I've never seen so many like uppercuts just delivered with that kind of precision and just yes. velocity. And then Brian okay. started getting on the act. Brian was just like, I'm going to do three uppercuts as well. Because was doing it. it was, it's just, I love it. These guys can just riff. And you can tell that's what a lot of it probably was. They were just going, should we do that now? Should we play with this now? And Cesaro's sharp is now officially, got, well, it's strong enough and terrifying enough to make people quit mid-match now. I right?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop, stop. Um, it. As well, it's like, Cesaro, he's, he's still not there, like, at the sort of main event level with his promos and things, um, As but I think, like, like you say, at the beginning of it, like, they saved that quite well by just giving him a few lines and not overexposing him, but as soon as he steps between those rings and the bell goes, like... Everything he does is absolutely top tier and just shows why he should be in the position he's in and why he should be getting this big push. He's just absolutely incredible. And it just boggles your mind every single time. Like, he'll have something new, whether it's something really small, like just a new way to hit an uppercut or just some insane feat of strength. There's always something in there that's just like, my God, Cesaro is good at this.
2: And it's one of those things where it's like his promo ability... It's it's just it's a combination of a few things where it's like some of it might be confidence because it's in like when you're in the spotlight properly in the spotlight like that it can be a bit like oh okay got my chance to go for it yeah. and he, he, the more you do it the more reps so the more he's in that that position the better he'll get but then equally he knows about ten languages. I know mean, English is his second much... language,
1: it's not actually his first language. That's
2: what I'm saying. So I imagine how many different things are going through your head where you're just trying to like establish one sentence. You've got like 10 different ways of doing it in your brain. I I can't I can't
1: understand that how that must how difficult that must be. So it's like, give the guy a break. He does pretty well. Uh, so yeah, so that's like two out of three of these segments because it carried on even after this, because Daniel Bryan got on the mic. And I really enjoyed this as a segment too. Daniel Bryan, again, shone so much in this. He was really, really entertaining. And he basically just started baiting Roman Reigns, just going, oh, Roman, like, weren't, you, weren't we supposed to get whooped? Like, was that not what you were talking about? And like, while, while he was doing it, Jey Uso kind of came in to try and attack from behind, but Cesaro got the better of him and started swinging it, swinging him around. And like, Bryan was like counting the swings and then he got hit by an uppercut and things. Um, and all while this was happening, like Daniel Bryan was just sort of shouting at Roman Reigns going, oh, what's going on? Like, is Roman going to come out? Are you going to come out and accept Cesaro's challenge? Like, oh, no, he's not. you're not going to come out and save your cousin. So much for being a family man, eh? Let's swing him again and see if Roman Reigns comes out. So he swings him round again. And it's like, Brian's just shouting, like, Jay saved you in every single Universal title match you've had and you're not going to help him? What, What are you afraid? Like, what is this? Like, I know you couldn't beat Kevin Owens without Jay Uso. Like, you knew you couldn't beat me without Edge. You knew you couldn't beat Edge without Jay Uso. Like, I, I think Roman Reigns is afraid. I think he thinks he can't beat Cesaro. Just kept on baiting him and baiting him and baiting him while they were just swinging poor Jay Uso round and round and round. What happens Roman Reigns doesn't come out at the end and proves their point this was just really good fun and again just Daniel Bryan firing on all cylinders on the mic
2: <laughs> just a bunch of bullies Phil Chambers I've expected better <laughs> of you so much better I felt really uncomfortable watching this but James, flying like shouting out the swings like, I've lost count of how many swings I was like you're bullies you're both bullies no you're right it was it was brilliant tactics it was just clever it's just exposing Reigns and if anything, it puts him in that position where he's like, "I've got to pull out a trump card at the end of this show and really reassert myself as the, yeah. the Marvel Four. So I loved it. It really informs what happens at the end of the show. This, as well, which we'll get to. It's, it's hey, it's through the night storytelling. It's what well. this SmackDown brand's been kicking ass at all year. I love it. Um.
1: So yeah, as a whole, I think that was like, I think it's more probably more than a third of SmackDown was all just that one <laughs> segment on its own. And yeah, absolutely fantastic from start to finish. Just loved it. Really, really good stuff. How is Raw and Smackdown written by the same company? <laughs> I have
2: no idea, but I feel like they're kind of taking on what we say every week about the main event kind of anchoring Smackdown. Like, the normally bookends it and the the, the yeah. beginning and the end of the show is normally the best parts of it. So they've gone, all
1: right, we'll make the beginning of the show really long then. <laughs> so you really like it. Yeah, it works for me. And then next up, we had Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville backstage and Apollo kind of barges in and Sonya just kind of wanders off. Um, and Apollo's annoyed that he's going to have to face Big E again at some point and talking about the IC winning the IC title at WrestleMania and Adam Pearce is like well yeah you will when Big E's cleared you will have to face him again but tonight you're going to have to face Kevin Owens and it was just a bit of a weird thing to set up that match I guess it was fine whatever <laughs> yeah not, not much more to add it was just like, oh that that's coming tonight yeah yep they could have done it with a match graphic but instead they did it with this fair enough whatever <laughs> and then we had Jay Uso backstage with Kayla Braxton and he's not a happy Ju so is he? Uh, he? He kind of doubles down on the oh, what's all this like disrespect from Cesaro? Like you're gonna step to the head of the table, you're gonna get put down, boy. But it's he's not like he's still fighting Roman's battles even in a losing situation. And after what just happened, <laughs> uh, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro calling out all of Roman Reigns is bull crap. Um, but he's still he's still fighting Roman's battles. He still got he's still got his back.
2: He's just been brainwashed to the yes. to the point of repair at this. Yeah, that's where we're at now, boy. Jay, he can't see. He can't see the the
1: forest through the trees. Bless him. Yeah. Uh, but next up, we had a brand new match that we've never seen before on SmackDown ever, because we had Nia Jax versus Tamina. My soul. <laughs> Ow. Uh, Reginald is back as well, so that's something to look forward to. <laughs> Can I get a pop out of you, Phil Chambers. Yeah, there. Make your Friday. No, not anymore. They've no. ruined all my pots for Reginald. I'm sorry. And oh. um, yeah, this was copy and paste from every single week of the of the uh, women's tag team titles for the last three months. We
2: probably. could literally just say that, and everyone would understand exactly what I mean. Like, it, yeah. that's the position. You, you took the words out of my mind. I was like, yep, <laughs> yeah, I've seen this before. I've seen this before.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors. They can be...
1: If anything, as well, after all of these sort of interference spots and distractions, you'd think they'd be getting a bit better at it. But no, there was like really sloppy interference in this by Shayna Baszler where she kind of went to grab Tamina's leg. Well, Tamina was kind of going to slam Nia Jax, but she like was supposed to grab her leg, so she couldn't lift her up. But like she kind of touched her leg and then like stopped it and then they kind of repeated the spot and it was just really awkward. It was, Um, it was just messy, like large parts of the match. Almost like they don't even care themselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't blame them, to be honest. Uh, but after that, Tamina proved that there ain't nobody meaner than Tamina, obviously, and started beating the crap out of Nia Jax, like kicked her to the outside, like she was throwing her into the barricade repeatedly. But then Reginald gets up on the apron, and Nia Jax sort of went to take advantage. But then Shayna got annoyed that Reginald had gotten the apron, and Shayna getting annoyed at Reginald doing a distraction for Nia Jax, distracted Nia Jax to the point where Tamina super kicked Nia, but then still had to roll Nia Jax up for a quick roll up after a super, why couldn't she just hit a move and win?
2: Yeah, it was like Nia Jax took a long time. She was like, what are you doing? What, guys? Yeah. Guys, what are you doing? It's just like, turn around, (laughs) stupid fool.
1: Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, Just, yeah. That, I don't know. I don't know what yeah, I was working not- at. I'm, I'm really bored of all of this. We need something new in this. Like, stop. Nobody wins in these situations at all. It, to me, it doesn't look any better for having to do a quick roll up after like three distractions in a match. And Nia Jax looks like an idiot because she had the match won and then was distracted by the distraction. It, yeah, it's stupid.
2: Yeah, it's like whenever this threatens to get interesting, like they, they were putting over how Tamina got this big reaction of 25,000 fans, and I was like, oh, maybe we're going to get a, a weird thing now where we get like a lot of hype behind Tamina, and she goes on a tear. Well, why not? Why not? We're not yeah, doing why anything not? else. It's going to be Yeah, but no, we're not doing that. And it's like with Nia Jackson, and Shayna Bezos, like there's a few moments where you're like, oh, things going to spill over and boil over, and they get really aggressive and violent. No, they're just going to keep bickering over Reginald. It's like, yeah.
1: Just don't, don't get your hopes up with this. That's the sad reality of it. We just need to move on from this. Yeah. We need to get some, I mean, I was going to say get some new women into the tag team division, but they've fired a bunch that could have been perfect for it. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's bad. It's the same thing every single week. No one looks any stronger. Like if you're going to put Tamina over Jax just have a win. How about just... Even if you still want to do the distraction, do that, but then at least let her hit the Samoan drop or something and get a definitive one, two, three, rather than a super kick and a roll-up. N- nobody comes out of this stronger. Shayna Baszler looks stupid because she's bad at interfering in matches and then also cost her, tag, her uh, uh, tag team partner the match. Nia Jax looks like an idiot for what happened at the end. Natalia just did absolutely nothing. So it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: this division has just not succeeded in making anybody making anybody that, that's that's the thing it's just not. yeah, making <laughs> yeah.
1: anyone True. who's got involved in it it's just like drag <laughs> you down it's just not nah it's the failing experiment bad at this point absolutely bad stuff needs fixing ASAP uh and then next up it was Caleb Axton backstage with Kevin Owens and he was surprised and like thrilled to get a title shot at Apollo for the IC title he's not had one in like over a year or something and like plenty of people want to knock him off his royal perch, but in comes Biggie, calling him a line jumper, saying that this is my match and my title. And and Kara's like, well, yeah, it might be, but tonight it's my match, and when I win, it's going to be my title. Now, two things from this: one, didn't Adam Pearce say earlier that Biggie wasn't cleared, and that's why he wasn't getting the match yet? And then yet you still have Biggie coming in and list, which makes absolutely no sense <laughs> either way. Uh, two can we please have Kevin Owens versus Big E? I didn't realise how much I wanted that until, like, the end of this promo when they were kind of laughing at each other and I was like, oh, that would be really good. <laughs>
2: yeah, and to, like, like jump off both of those points, the first one, like, I just think it just highlights a real cla- uh, lack of communication between the management team and the actual wrestlers there. It's just like, oh, no, you're not, you're not medically clear. It's like, no, I don't care. It's like, it's just, yeah, it just seems like two people being given two different, like, scripts beforehand. But equally, the end game was you're not getting your match tonight. Yeah. And then. With the KO Big E stuff, I've seen people online being like, oh, does this mean that Big E's turning heel? I don't like that. And I'm like, I don't think it is. It's just two (laughs) highly competitive babyfaces. I'm up for that. It doesn't make me feel like strongly against either one of them. It's like, no, they both really want the belt. That's the idea. Like, I'm up for that. And then after it, they could both just shake hands and be like, yeah, cool. All right, good match, man. Let's move on. Like, they're those kind of characters where that would work.
1: Yeah. Uh, This seems as well, like, I'll get more into this later, but it feels like we're going back to the IC title sort of division of mm. the card that we had like a couple of months ago, yeah. like back when Biggie was the champion, there was loads of people fighting around the IC title. And there was like lots of opportunities. And then for a bit, they kind of just forgot about it and didn't put much focus on it over mm-hmm. like the course of, because of like Fastlane and then WrestleMania. And now hopefully we're getting back to it and building a bit of a division around it. Uh, yeah. I think it was like, I think they had the few, didn't they, for many of the right? Like, That's where we go in.
2: So there's not yeah. quite messing around. And it was like, we're going to give KO and Sami Zayn their thing. Whereas now, like you said, like there's that many people you can buy for it. Yeah. I like the idea of it being that, just this title where you get a couple wins behind your belt, boom, you're
1: in. You can go for it. It's just, it's the working man's belt. Absolutely. Next up, we had Daniel Bryan with Adam Pierce backstage as well. And he was just basically saying that, are oh, you going to make this Cesaro versus Roman Reigns match a thing? And Adam Pearce was like, come on, we both know it's not that simple. I'll, I'll try, though. And Daniel Byam just stared at him and was like, do more than try.
2: He does Again. have a lot
1: of sway in the writing room. Don't don't forget this. Like Indeed. We'll make them, put them in that match. <laughs> and then it was the match between Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews. Uh, quickly, on a Kevin Owens' entrance, it kind of looked like the cameraman just kind of fell asleep and just yeah. gave up filming for a second. It was really odd. <laughs> I thought my TV had done something weird. I was like, oh, God, is somebody
2: like is the feed fell off or something. It's just, yeah, <laughs> someone fell <laughs> asleep. You like, can imagine he was in his headset going, no, no, change camera, got somebody else <laughs> it's broken.
1: It's very rare you get big production mishaps like that in WWE because they're very good at it. And yeah, it was just really strange. Yeah. Um, but again, obviously, Kevin Owens versus Apollo Cruz if anything i've come out of this match thinking oh my god these guys have really good chemistry together let's do more with this this is fun um even if the sort of finish is i guess what you can expect um but yeah the match itself was really really good fun like i say uh i guess the biggest point to talk about is like um apollo Cruz went to like hit a moonsault from the apron to the outside but like misses but still lands on his feet but then gets super kicked Kevin Owens rolls him in, hits the Swanton bomb, but as he was pinning him, who would come out but Sami Zayn to interrupt? And then it kind of goes to commercial, and then when we come back, Sami Zayn has joined com- the commentary team, and is just talking about how he's having loads of legal issues with his documentary and he's trying to get it released, but Logan Paul's kind of ruined it all.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has. He has ruined it. He ruined <laughs> WrestleMania for me, that man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, then the match itself again, really, really fun stuff from Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews. They just work really, really well together. There's like a bunch of like re- a huge release German suplex that Kevin Owens just throws him across the ring and then like hits him with two cannonballs in the corners and then they like, like trade in reversals back and forth, like super kicks into like pop up power bombs and gets a two count off that, and then. The finish boils round to Kevin Owens, it goes up top because he's going to dive onto Apollo Cruz again, but Apollo Cruz rolls to the outside and then KO changes his mind and hits a frog splash to the outside instead. rolls Apollo Cruz in. And just when you think he's got the match wrapped up, Commander Aziz gets up on the apron, the exact same side of the apron that uh, Reginald has just done this exact same thing in. Gets a roll up with pretty much the exact same camera angle as they filmed it in the women's match and gets the one, two, three from a distraction. Two in a row. That's pretty yeah. much copy and paste. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like mid-show deja
2: vu is never a good thing. That's uh, it was. How are we feeling about Commander Aziz? We've not really had a
1: chance to unpack this. That's like, true. I'm kind of into him. I'm not no. going to lie. It's re- still really weird that they're just completely ignoring his entire past history of two other characters that they've had yeah. on the show. Um, but I'm into him being the sort of muscle for Apollo Crews. It gives more options around the IC title because like, you've got to go through Commander Aziz before you go through Big E. And I always like stuff like that for heel champions. And yeah, I think it could be a good thing for... Commander Aziz, as we're calling him now, um, in the future of just sort of working with a guy who in ring is as amazing as Apollo Cruz, And yeah, get him a spot on the card and have him learn his crafts. I think it's all good.
2: So I think, I think this is finally that long-term storytelling that has been a seed that was planted some time ago when we had the Apollo cruise sat backstage with Roman Reigns having a bit of a conversation. I th- I finally think I know what that conversation was. Now you need to get a right arm, man, mate. <laughs> you need a scrappy do. They're really yeah, handy. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a big old scrappy do. That's a big, big scrappy do. So yeah, I feel like, but I like that. I mean, even if that's not the case and that was not the inspiration, I can see those parallels now. Going, oh, okay, he's seen this this big character and how he's kind of gone about his work. He's gone, okay, I'll, I'll go down on a similar yeah. route and it's like you said it's great always having like a a secondary boss that you have to go through to get to the big bad boss and i just love apollo like WWE have kind of got this this embarrassment of riches in terms of heels right now that they have all these incredible performers that can all go in the ring and brilliant brilliant performers but then they still get out of these matches through like kind of wily means. Do you know what I mean? So it's like they yeah. can still they can go and they're legit. So they can have as many of these stupid finishes as they want. You can still sit there and go, okay, yeah, yeah Apollo Crews can probably beat anyone. Look at the guy—he's doing backflips, standing moonsaults. Look at the size of him—he can do a standing moon its ridiculous. Yeah. But then he can still get away with just having to wiggle his way out of it. It's it's an odd kind of dynamic that they have right now with all the heels. Same with Sami Zayn—people like that like steal victories, but you like still Sami bloody Zayn. Look what he can do—it's. Yeah, that, that mid-card on SmackDown is just frightening in comparison to what Raw have got right now, like what's going on around their US title scene. Like, it's... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely different worlds.
1: Uh, after the match as well, we should say, um, Kevin Owens got straight back in the ring, stunned uh, Apollo Cruz, uh, but then got grabbed by Commander Aziz, who hit the Nigerian nail, which is also the Simone Spike, just with a slightly different name. <laughs> as soon as I saw the thumb go up, I thought, I know what's going down here. <laughs> um oh very co- copy and paste um and then sammy zane being the genius man that he is got very excited by this jumped into the ring and started dancing over kevin owens's downed body uh because he's got to sell some of those sammy dancing for syria shirts that he's got on pro wrestling tees at the minute <laughs> i'll
2: that that was my only foot like the way i was going to forgive this I thought oh this is typical wwe overdoing something now because it's got a little bit over online no yeah. sammy's selling t-shirts and they're for a good cause well good. sammy keep yeah. dancing buddy you dance all the way to the top. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, again, like I say, the match itself, absolutely can't fault two of them. Really, really good. Really don't need two distraction finishes in a row on a show, though. Def- What's wrong with just giving Apollo Crews a win in that situation? Like,
2: they need a whiteboard, Phil, like apparently what AEW have got backstage. They really got... do. <laughs> They'd see those two X's and go, oh, it's just, yeah, it's changed that. that, that that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Kayla Baxter, who was backstage with Paul Heyman, saying, like, are we going to get an answer tonight? And Paul Heyman was talking about, oh, he likes Cesaro. He's great. He loves Cesaro in a professional sort of way. Um, Cesaro, out of all the Cesaros in the world, Cesaro is his favorite Cesaro. Um, but he's going to give a, a spoiler for the end of the night because at the end of the night, Roman will give his answer to Cesaro. And you know what? It was a spoiler because he does. Yeah, it's
2: coming. I mean, I, I was I was
1: intrigued. I want to see what's going to happen in the, the big tribal chief tonight. Indeed. Then we had our new backstage interviewer, Megan Mordant. Uh, backstage with a, and a very excited Apollo cruise. I was going to say, <laughs> this is a trial by fire, big time.
2: There you go. It really on, was. On cloud nine. Get thrown
1: in with an incredibly over uh, version of Apollo Cruz, which I thought was really absolutely like, yeah. entertaining. He was super excited about winning his match. Um, talking about how Commander Aziz is now backstage cleaning the tears off of the Royal Lance from Kevin Owens and going like, oh, what's that sound? Oh, it's the sound of the ancestors jumping in celebration. Just going really over the top with it. Kind of, kind of liked it. Not gonna lie. Uh, but before he could like get through everything, a Biggie storms in and almost takes out poor Megan while he was doing it. Slams him into a wall, like chucks him down, starts beating him up. Loads of refs and people start to come in, breaks it all up, and then out comes bloody Commander Aziz. Way too late. Kind of does a double take at what's happened, and then goes down and is like, "Oh,
2: Apollo, I'm so sorry." Yeah, he just does the, the typical kind of the camera zooming in. Now make a yeah. grimacing face. He's very <laughs> intimidating. He's very good at it. It was, I, I mean, the more I see this Apollo Crews character and the more I seem kind of like going to extreme emotions while still maintaining that accent, the actor within me is very impressed. Because when, yeah. when you get to that kind of range where you're like screaming and shouting, it's very easy just to dip in, dip into your own voice, you <laughs> get carried away. He's still going for it. I, I've got like, the more and more he keeps going with this character and the further he takes it, I'm just, yeah, I think he's brilliant. I think it's just been... A revelation for him he's just he's impressing me week after week and i think
1: yeah well we he just in- kind of felt like like he's like got really comfortable with this character yeah. over the weeks but like for some reason there's, there was just something about how he did it in this one because it was a little bit more over the top and like he was excited and smiley it was it just felt like a lot more comfortable for him it just felt like the first time it felt like it was him, if that makes sense. Like yeah. truly just that's just that's just a part cruise. And like but I like seeing it interact with people. There. Do you know
2: what I mean? I, th- I think you get get more of a, a sense of that. Like you can do all the the monologues where you stood on your own, or, yeah, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kick all your asses on the the Prince or whatever it is. That's fine. But I like it when you see him up against another character, when you see him properly going back and forth with something like, Okay, now I know what makes you tick out. Now I know what makes you yeah. laugh,
1: what makes you wanna kick someone's head in. It's great. I think more of that, more of that stuff. Absolutely. And so, yeah, supposedly we are getting that match next week. Although I wouldn't be surprised if this somehow gets pushed back to WrestleMania backlash because no. that's the point of it, I guess. That's anyway, next thing. up, <laughs> Alistair Black is <clears> back <throat> on SmackDown and he's cutting a promo and I'll just kind of go through what he said and then we can talk about the presentation of it afterwards because um, he was in a darkened room with a bunch of candles and things because it's Alistair Black. Oh, of course he was. Uh, but he was talking about how he's going to, tell this story and it's like chapter one the dragon and he talks about how he attended lots of funerals as a child i'm not quite sure why he was going to lots of funerals as a child Um, these like big celebrations of life and death and then like as he grew older like his father became distant and then he finally figured out that he wasn't taught how to defeat the dragon he was taught how to become the dragon and he could never be like you weak-minded fools talking about us us people gawking at the screen like we're monsters what we do is vile and we should be condemned we should be scorched from the earth like rotting crops uh, to make way for more fertile things um but he delivered it really really well i thought this is something we said in the news that he's been trying out on instagram quite a lot since he's not been used on tv so he's had a lot of spare time um and it feels like it's something that's coming from him the He's got his little sort of murder glasses on that you see all of the serial killers on Netflix documentaries wearing. And he looks very much like the um, the cult leader out of, is it for like Fallout 4? Mike uh, Looks a mind. lot like him. Fallout 4 or 5, I can't remember which one. Uh, and uh, yeah, he just delivers it with conviction and just well because it's just a oh, I to black and this is the kind of thing he does. But also they put over the story part, like all these animations of like puppets and fire and it just looked really really nice like all of this was put together so well and like the animation style was something we've not really seen from WWE before it really made it stand out and it looked like it wouldn't be out of place in a Hollywood movie that like scene it was really really good that's what made it pop for me it's one of those where
2: I'm a sucker for a good visual you know what I mean uh, if it feels fresh and feels new nine times out of ten I'm gonna go oh it's interesting because it's just new like I like new news news different like and it's I'm still a little bit confused and I'm probably supposed to be confused at this point. It's the first one. And it's it's one of those things where it keeps you hooked and keeps you coming back next week. I need to find out more about this because this is all a bit unusual and strange. He's the dragon. So he's saying he's he's been taught how to become the dragon. I'm like, is that like the dragon as as part of a cult? Like is the dragon like the leader of of this cult or is is he an actual dragon? Because we've seen that on um, (laughs) NXT recently where like Tian Sha turned up and she was trained by a dragon apparently. And she's like a thousand year old just warrior lady so in WWE in the line of WWE dragons exist Phil so he he might be a dragon (laughs) for all we know and
1: if that is the case we've just missed Wrestlemania he could have walked out as a dragon that would have been amazing that would have been amazing maybe that's what they're building to next year Wrestlemania Alistair Black flying out on a dragon yeah Finn Balor against Alistair Black the demon against the dragon (laughs) Uh, but yeah I hope this goes somewhere this time for Alistair Black he's had sort of a, a, a patchy going on the main roster let's say and like you said, on the news, we've not seen him since like October when he first got drafted to SmackDown and then they never used him. So that was a complete waste of a draft pick. You stupid fucks robots, you. I assume it's still them doing the draft picks. What
2: um, What happened to his eye as well? Because <laughs> I'm sure his eye got pretty badly done in. He, he, just yeah, means he that's wears true. glasses
1: now. That's I, it. To like, be fair, he's had plenty of time for it to get better. <laughs>
2: that's, yeah, I think that's what I inspired the glasses look for for me. That's it. Got some damaged retina.
1: And next up, we had a really weird segment that made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. But it was Kayla Baxton backstage with the Dirty Dogs. And she started off by kind of asking them who was going to win in the match between the Mysterios and the Alpha Academy tonight. And it was really pointless. Dolph Ziggler did all the promo basically just saying how he has like great chemistry with Ray Mysterio or something. But he's going to have to pick the Alpha Academy because, hey, like amateur wrestlers, street cred, we stick together. And then Kayla was like, oh, so who's next for the Daily Dogs? And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter who's next. But then obviously they get interrupted because it's WWE and in comes the Street Profits. And like, how about we got next? And I was like, pretty sure you've lost every single time you've had a chance, Street Profits. Why should you be next? Uh, And then Dolph Ziggler was like, oh, it's take back season. Take your asses to the back. Jokes. He's got all the jokes. Mm -hmm. All of that. Pretty bad and didn't make any sense. And then Bailey came in, I guess, to save the sm- the SmackDown men's tag team division by just being Bailey and was like, "Oh, you can cut the tension with the knife." And then basically just pushed them all away and took over the complete promo. <laughs>
2: yes, because she is the biggest star in that room at that <laughs> point, Phil. She can do whatever she wants.
1: Makes no sense. Love Bailey. She's great, but the tag team stuff just feels like we're going to be going round and round and round and round and round round in circles with this for quite a long time. Yeah, I'm worried they're
2: going to set themselves up now. I think they've heard us saying, yeah, this is great, it's division. They go, okay, we'll just rest on our laurels then for the next six (laughs) months. Yes,
1: you like this division? You'll have it forever. Mm. Don't forget, it's here forever. Um, So, yeah, and then Bailey completely took it over and was talking about her opponent at WrestleMania Backlash, who is obviously going to be Bianca Belair, the ungrateful rookie Bianca Belair, I should say. And Bailey was talking about how she helped Bianca when she first came into SmackDown, like graciously allowed her to work with me. And like, now she's our champ and I never even got a thank you. Bianca's rude and she's selfish and she's spoiled. And she's going to make her regret treating her that way. And she's going to take a title back and a a spot at the top of the division that she built. Now go tell Bianca that. And then in comes Montez Ford. And he's on the phone with Bianca. And he's like, oh, Bailey really has your name in your mouth tonight. Come on, Montez, don't be that guy. Snitches hey, he's get husband. stitches. Hey, he,
2: husband. <laughs> he gets stitches if he doesn't snitch. On,
1: <laughs> what a tattletale was Montes <laughs> Montez Ford. Um, and then, yeah, Bianca's like, what? Uh, I'll be right there. And then we cut away. And when we come back, it is Bailey and Bianca. And... Bianca's like say it to my face and Bailey's like what you won't think I won't repeat myself and Bailey's like will you uh, Bianca's like will you and Bailey's like I will and Bianca's like you won't and then Bailey completely turns around and was like oh, okay well I was just kind of wanting to congratulate you for making history at Mania like it'll be an honor to be your first challenger at Wrestlemania Backlash. you showed everyone that you are the EST like the way you picked up Sasha and walked up those stairs it's absolutely incredible it's going to be an honor to wrestle you uh, and then walks away and Bianca looks really, really confused and was like, "Well, that's not what I was expecting." And then Bailey comes back and she's like, "Oh, and one more thing," and then just bursts out laughing in her face. <laughs> and Bailey's back because Bailey's the best. I love Bailey. And then she walks off just laughing in hysterics.
2: I so said she didn't have to do a big thing. Going, ah, I didn't mean it. I said that she just needs to laugh. Bailey, yeah. like we get the point. It's like, yeah, so Bailey being Bailey. This this feels like some way of trying to salvage the absolute shit show that was her WrestleMania. I don't know what a WrestleMania was. What we've not had a chance to talk about that. that, What the what the hell did they do to our girl? Uh, It's just uh, oh, like yeah, they're probably gonna have a great match, but you've you've kind of robbed her of being in front of that crowd and the pop she
1: would have got in that match like, <laughs> maybe that's be, what they were scared of they were scared of her getting too big a pop
2: still got them they, they, they got the Bellas booed out of the bloody stadium because they that, oh, it was just it was a mess and like I don't know what this means now for Sasha like because we saw her last week she had like, that backstage thing where she was just fuming started yeah. like a battle scar from the whip the whip hurled around the world I literally heard it live from Newcastle which is frightening <laughs> like I uh, opened my window I thought thunder and lightning was happening it was frightening so I don't know if that just means she's out of that for a bit, which is fine. You could bring her back maybe in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and she could just be like, be a, a resurgent challenger. That's cool. But Bailey's, oh, it's just, feel it's so bittersweet. You know what I mean? Should have happened, like, should have had a bigger moment before this. Like, she's going to yeah. kill it, but oh, she's just been robbed.
1: It's like, it's it's fine. I'm okay with this as a thing. It's going to be a great match, let's face it um i'd love to see the little rivalry backstage that bailey and sasha have as to who can get the best match out of bianca Belair, mm-hmm. which i'm pretty sure they'll probably have um and yeah i think it's going to be really good fun bailey as a character is great every single time she's on tv but yeah like you say you c- we couldn't we have had her just beat anyone at wrestlemania and then say well like i'm on a winning streak let's do this or, rather than just yeah like it's just so many times in wwe the championship match is made because someone just walks up to a champion and goes can i have a title shot and they're like yeah sure <laughs> and
0: that's yeah. pretty
1: much it instead of like earning things or like having logical stories that go into things it's just this is next and off we go um yeah, this yeah. was even announced on the show was it was it announced beforehand i don't know i saw loads of
2: reports saying it had just been like sent to people uh, maybe nationally. it was just it's announced like, oh, yeah it's coming it's like what <laughs>
1: what uh I mean, he- who needs- in Sorry, fairness this is already probably better than the build to Bianca versus Sasha. <laughs> yeah, short of the better for WWE. You think you, give them <laughs> yeah. you can crack the bed? So yeah. hoping Bailey can get something great. Well, I know Bailey can get something great out of Bianca in terms of the match. I'm just hoping that yeah, that build is a little bit better than what they gave for Sasha and Bianca. But considering how like the reports of WWE being incredibly high on Sasha and Bianca, I assume that isn't going to be the end of it. And even if this builds to a triple threat match at some time, you know, that's going to be fire as well. Like, There's a lot of good things that can come out of this. They just need to sort the building between the matches because that's where they had issues last time. Yeah, completely agree. Sort, sort the, uh, the steps, steps in yeah. between. Uh, next up, it was a Mysterious versus the Alpha Academy in a brand new match that we've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> it's Obviously, was good, this- though because oh, yeah. of course it was. Uh, Alpha Academy running wild against Dominic and the early going, Otis just using his power, Gable just out wrestling him. Uh, and then Gable had him in like some belly to belly, so he like, thr- did overhead belly to belly and then kind of rolled through holding onto it and then another one and then rolled through holding onto it into a German and then threw him. But Dominic managed to land on his feet and then got Ray to get the hot tag and Ray went wild. Um, Gable had him on the top rope and was about to do like a big gut buster, but Ray managed to reverse it into a top rope and a Mana. Tags Dominic in, Gail gets thrown over the top rope, but like lands on the apron. And then Ray does like a baseball slide underneath him, but grabs his legs as he's going down to pull him down. And then Dominic does like a sliding sunset powerbomb into the ring barriers on the outside. Really, really good. Tags Ray back in. Uh, he gets Gable in the 619 position and then Dominic dives out at Otis but Otis catches him and goes to slam him into the ring post but Dominic gets out of that and then as Otis is charging at him he goes over the top of the announce table Ray Mysterio hits the 619 hits the frog splash gets the 1-2-3 the Mysterios have won I assume we're going to do the Mysterios versus the Dirty Dogs for the titles at some point Still wondering why they didn't just do it at WrestleMania and have the big pop with the live crowd and the fantastic feel-good moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, we know it's coming. It's inevitable. I have been times they put over on commentary saying, oh, it's the first time that a father-son unit together, first time yeah. champions would be really cool. It's like, yes, it would. would have been really cool a couple of weeks ago, but fine. Let's just do it in front of some LED screens instead. Yeah. yeah. I do love the fact that Pat McAfee pops out like a madman every time the six run line comes. It's great. He does. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> here it comes again. Like, it's all right, Pat. It's all right.
2: <laughs> it is good. Yeah. It is good,
1: though. But at least we've got a clean finish. So there is that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a uh, small,
1: small bar. Yeah. Again, I think we need something to freshen up this tag team division, just like the women's one. Because, uh, yeah, like there are four teams there that you can build a division around but it feels like the way they've done it is they've just already given us all the matches in like four weeks of television
2: (laughs) yeah there's no real story it was like Otis is just being a dick to Ray, yeah squashing Ray a bit and then
1: to be fair like Otis is playing the heel character really well I feel it makes no sense that they did it in the first place because he's just Mm. such a likable character but like he does feel like he's got a viciousness that he didn't have before and like a just yeah that sort of anger and presence that he didn't quite have before so he is playing into it quite well mm. and they are still entertaining as the alpha academy they're just too good at wrestling not to be that's it
2: like like you said the actual division's entertaining it's just like you feel like they've blown the load a bit coming into wrestlemania yeah. building towards this big four way and we're like yeah here we go and now uh, you're just gonna get out on smackdown it's like oh, yeah
1: great anti and then the street profits versus the dirty dogs match that you've been building to for what three months with the dirty dogs having the solo cups all the time and making fun of them They just threw away on last week's episode of SmackDown. (laughs) There's things that you can build to and have payoffs. It's called wrestling. Yeah. It's like (laughs) when we get really interested in the tag division next week, they're like, ah, it'll be all right. We'll do this instead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely not as bad as the women's tag division though. We'll say that. (laughs) Uh, Weirdly enough, out as Dominic and Ray were celebrating at the end, out comes Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, kind of applauding them, I guess, to move on to the next thing because they're like, yeah, tag over now. Let's just get to the main event angle. And it was Cesaro when he was in the ring calling out Roman Reigns. Obviously, Roman Reigns comes out and he has a bit of a stare down with Cesaro. And Roman Reigns was just an absolute badass in all of this, pretty much. He just sort of stared at Cesaro right in his face. He's like... You don't deserve to be in the ring with me. Like the answer is no. It will always be no. You will never be on my level. End of story. <laughs> Brilliant. And then he's like, the universal champ is the one who wishes the challenges around here. And he has got one, but it's to you. And like turns to face Daniel Bryan. And he's like, I don't like you. I have never liked you. I will never like you. You can have one more opportunity at this title. What do you say? And Cesaro is like, you have to take it. Like give Bryan the mic. Like you have to take it. And Roman before he could take it, It's like, but when you lose, I don't ever want to see your face again. I don't want to see you on my show. I'd never want to see you on SmackDown. That's it. You're done here. And Daniel Bryan accepts. And then we get a stare down in yes chance. And the match graphic comes up because next week we are getting Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Loser leaves SmackDown, I guess, match. And like, what a cliffhanger kind of thing to end on and actually make you want to come back for next week's SmackDown. What a crazy idea to end a TV show on a hook that makes you want to watch the next episode of that TV show.
2: Yeah, it's it's just, you can't say like, oh, it's inspired. It's just what you should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it just, it works. It's so simply done. I mean, oh, it's one of those matches where you, you just, you literally can't, you don't want to call the outcome. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's the case if you can't, I can kind of call the outcome. I don't want to call it because I like Daniel Bryan on SmackDown and I don't want him to go anywhere else unless it's NXT that's,
1: for a bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think NXT is the only place I'd want to see him. I don't think even Daniel Bryan could <laughs> withstand the stink of Raw right now. Uh, but it's like, it's all the things that's going on behind this as well. Like, anton Bryan's been doing a bunch of interviews recently about saying how he's kind of a little bit burnt out and like he had a, A weird sort of of out-of-body experience in WrestleMania and it was the first time he's ever sort of felt like that in a wrestling ring and he's like questioning whether he's done and then he's also talking about all these other people in all these other companies that he also wants to wrestle at some point so it's like is all of that just a work because he knew this was coming and it's going to be some kind of massive swerve or is it quite simply as Daniel Bryan is a little bit burnt out and wants a bit of time off. Or is it just WWE wanting to mix up the shows and put him over to Raw to desperately try and save that sinking ship? There's I don't know.
2: There's a lot know. to it. Because like, <laughs> it's like you said, like he'd said all this stuff in what was it like October of last year when he was saying like oh I'm, I'm kind of winding down a bit now. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be anywhere near the main event and was putting people over gets
1: in the main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's like and then he's come out and said, I didn't want that. And it's like, Oh, but you still and even, there, man. Like and even in the build to that, he made sure to let everybody know it's like, oh, this could be my last ever WrestleMania. And it's like, Is this just too much foreshadowing for it to not be a big swerve? I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, i don't yeah if it, were, if it was
2: anybody but daniel bryan i'd be a bit like mm, yeah it might be a swerve but he is just yeah. a family man he's yeah. genuine that isn't a character that isn't just a, a script he's reading off like he's like kevin owens or like edge when like you see all these pictures they're just so family orientated and it's like okay i wrestle love wrestling but kind of i'm getting into that point in my life where i'm in my prime i still want to be around my my kids and my my wife and it's Oh it's tough. I don't want to see him go, man. He's 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 done such a cracking job like especially from probably about January to now. Of yeah. Just Breathing something different into SmackDown, Do you know what I mean? Like it, like he said, he said himself. Like the Edge and Roman stuff would have been great going to WrestleMania on its own if they would have built a good yeah. story, around it would have been fine. But Brian's extra little Brian acted as like the anchor of that story in the end. It was odd, like he kind of grounded everything. Like he, he gave everything stakes. He kind of gave Edge a reason to snap. He gave Roman a reason to kind of be desperate. It, he just he de- as much as he says he wasn't needed, he kind of was to up the stakes. So it's when yeah. I mean, you've got that kind of player in your ranks, you want to keep him and keep throwing him in there with people like Cesaro to help him get over and anybody in Raw who maybe does need to get over and all these guys in NXT like Pete Dunne who just, he, those two together, he get him on a different level. It's, that's, that's the greedy wrestling fan in me wanting that. Yeah. But the human in me is thinking, well, if he's going to go, this is probably as big a Daniel Bryan way of doing it. Universal Championship yeah. match in the main event, loser leaves lose town.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the way and you want to go isn't it. At the same time with that as well, it's like, like the whole reasoning behind him like coming back in the first place after his injury was like it got taken away from him it's that old thing of happens to I think any wrestler that has it taken away from them rather than them going out on their own terms there's always that little part of them that's like oh my god I need to get back in to do this like maybe he has got back in to do this and he's okay with that now and he's like come to terms with it and now he's got his family and other things going on in his life maybe that is a just a change in heart and he's got it out of his system almost But then. He's sort of the perennial guy who just absolutely loves wrestling. And how can he step away? I've, there's so many things going into yeah. this that I just can't call. But if it does mean he goes off SmackDown, whatever that means, whether it means going to Raw or NXT or just having some time off, imagine the heat that Roman Reigns will get from kicking Daniel Bryan out of
2: WWE. <laughs> well, that's it. And one of the only real shining lights in this, serving graces of it, is the fact that if he's out of the picture, frees up a spot, Maybe at the top. He's not. He's not. Whole, he's not like clinging onto a spot that's pushing anyone down by any means. But yeah. It does do that. Like the the landscape has to shift. Cesaro could maybe go into that. Like other people, like Shinsuke Nakamoru, maybe threatening to get into that main event scene for a bit. He's gone. They're also
1: never going to get that Edge versus Daniel Bryan match.
2: If that's never that. say never. Edge Edge is a free agent for me. I don't think he's on SmackDown. If dad, Daniel Bryan man. wins, then you could do Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Whatever. No, <laughs> but then Roman's going to kill everyone. Phil. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Got to think about the long term future of this show. It's going to kill everyone. It's
1: yeah. I love it though. Cause I'm so excited for next week. Now this is, this is what I want from my wrestling hundred percent. Like who knew, like it's been a while since I think we've had a bit of a cliffhanger. That's kind of this big of this much of, Oh my God, I want to see next week's show right now. And why? Why is that the case? It makes no sense. It's TV 101 that you have a series. You want people to watch the next episode of the series. You end on a big question mark that makes people want to answer that by watching the next show. It's really, really, really simple. And WWE haven't done it for a long, long time. I'm intrigued <laughs> no to see what
2: the, the ratings are going to be for next week. I'm so, yeah. so intrigued because I think
1: that would be a massive factor. If they do well off the back of a cliffhanger, it would be like, oh, yeah. Maybe it's, cliffhanger. it's advertising a huge match they've already advertised another big championship match as well with the ic title match the mm-hmm. sort of rematch is nowhere near as big obviously but like two big matches that you're advertising ahead of time and ending a show with a cliffhanger can only surely do good things to the ratings and i hope it does that and improves it and then wwe do more of this going forwards yeah that's the dream phil that's the dream indeed so that was the smackdown review podcast thank you very much for listening uh, please do give us a subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever it is that you happen to get your podcast from. And uh, leave us a five-star review while you're there as well to put a smile on Adam Wilborn's face. He doesn't love doing that. And But um, or you can follow us. That's a thing. Uh, on Twitter. Twitter is also a thing. At PhilMyChambers is my thing on that Twitter that is a thing. Gareth, what's your thing on that Twitter that's a thing?
2: My thing on the Twitter thing is GMorgan04
1: thing. I'm good at podcast things. Um, <laughs> you can also follow all of us at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, but yeah, most importantly, have yourselves a bloody good
0: day. Bye thing. <laughs>